before we continue talking about Rishi Sunak in the last half hour of the programme, I want to bring you this very important, pretty chilling story, uh, what has happened in California uh, today. Man has broken into the home of the US Speaker Nancy uh, Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, figure who's dominated Democratic politics in America for a very, very long time. Divisive figure uh, in America, but a very, very powerful one. Probably the most powerful House Speaker that has been since Sam Rabin, one of the big, big... Uh, dem- uh, big, uh, as I say, house speakers um, of the age. And this man has broken into her home uh, and uh, not found Speaker Pelosi there, but instead found her husband, Paul Pelosi, and has assaulted him, and he's been charged with the attempted homicide of Paul Pelosi. Let's speak to Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent who joins us from Washington. Uh, Simon, this is a pretty chilling story. It is a chilling story, and uh, I think it's definitely brought a sense of shock uh, to people on Capitol Hill and within the governing administration uh, here in Washington, D.C., not least, of course, because of Nancy Pelosi's prominence politically. And remember that the Speaker of the House of Representatives is second in line for the U.S. presidency after uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, This all took place in the very early hours uh, of Friday morning at around 2.15 a.m. Uh, a break-in was reported at the Pelosi's home in San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi was not there at the time. She was here in Washington, D.C., uh, in accordance with her duties as Speaker of the House of Representatives. But the assailant, who was uh, apparently carrying a hammer, uh, found her husband, Paul Pelosi, in the home, started screaming and shouting, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? Remember that Back in January of last year, uh, when Donald Trump's conspiracy theory believing mob uh, attacked the congressional building on Capitol Hill, they were looking for Nancy Pelosi, some of them, and the former president, uh, vice president, Mike Pence, threatening to kill them in connection uh, with the entirely false claims that the 2020 presidential election was rigged. Bill Scott is the San Francisco police chief and describes what happened when his officers arrived on the scene at 2.27 a.m. Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody. Where he was charged with the attempted homicide of Paul Pelosi and named as 42-year-old David DePape. And he appears to have left uh, a trail of social media postings uh, in which he has amplified uh, entirely false uh, allegations made about the fairness and uh, accuracy of the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, and he has also uh, posted on social media videos that are highly critical of the congressional investigation that is underway into the assault on the U.S. Capitol by Donald Trump's mob in January of last year. So that is adding to the sense that there may well have been a political dynamic to all of this, although clearly police will also want to investigate the mental state of the man who allegedly perpetrated this assault. President Biden, uh, through his spokesman, 
spokeswoman has issued a statement saying that he's praying for Paul Pelosi. Uh, he uh, says that he's been told that uh, Mr. Pelosi is expected to make a full recovery and he has expressed uh, his uh, horror and obviously opposition uh, to any acts of violence. But all of this, Lewis, is taking place, what, 11 days before mm. America's midterm uh, elections, crucial elections here, a referendum on Joe Biden's presidency, and they come at a time uh, that is highly polarized politically in the United States. Earlier on the midterm election campaign trail, we saw the attempted man uh, stabbing uh, of the Democrat uh, candidate in New York, who's running uh, the Republican candidate in New York, rather, who's running for the governorship there. We've seen the attack on Salman Rushdie just a few weeks ago that, of course, cost the author uh, the sight in one eye. And, of course, uh, British politics itself, tragically, uh, is no stranger uh, to politically motivated attacks on elected representatives. Certainly here in the United States, uh, this, I I think, has once again raised serious questions about the safety of elected officials and their families at a time in which conspiracy theories are running rampant here and being uh, so dramatically amplified through social media platforms. Well, well, indeed. I mean, Simon, we should make no bones about it. I mean, had uh, Nancy Pelosi been there and had, I mean, who knows? We don't know the exact circumstances and exactly what he's done to to Paul Pelosi or how successful he might have been had uh, Speaker Pelosi been there. But, you know, we could have been looking theoretically at the uh, biggest, most senior, and most worst example of political assassination since President Kennedy's assassination. As you say, she is only second in line to the presidency, second only to Kamala Harris herself. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to underscore that had she been there, her security detail would have been on hand, as they were surrounding her here in Washington, D.C., where she was. So she does have security herself, but that doesn't clearly extend uh, to even immediate members of her family, not in in a way that could head this kind of an assault off. And I think that there's going to be an inquiry about that. I mean, Mm. there has to be now, I think, a a real consideration given uh, at a time where we're seeing events like this taking place into whether someone like Nancy Pelosi's husband himself should be Mm. having uh, Secret Service protection at home uh, and just how far through the extended families of elected leaders uh, that kind of protection ought to be going. Yeah, because of course the First Lady and the First Family get protection because we should say as well, just in case people aren't familiar with the Pelosi's, not that it makes much difference in a sense, but you know, we're not talking like a lot of senior figures in American politics. We're not talking about spring chickens, are we? We're talking about people in their 80s. Yeah. You know, this is a, I mean, it would be serious for anyone, but particularly when people are of a certain age, potentially these sort of attacks. Fortunately, Mr. Pelosi seems to be, will make a recovery, but even so. Yeah, and I mean, pretty extraordinary that the uh, intruder was able to not only break into the building, I mean, the break-in itself appears to have sparked some kind of an alert to which the emergency services were responding, but certainly had enough uh, capacity within the House to find Paul Pelosi, Mm. uh, demand information about the whereabouts of his wife, and police say that when they arrived at the scene, uh, the uh, attacker, now arrested, was screaming at them, we're waiting for Nancy. We're waiting for Nancy to arrive here. So, so clearly the motivation was an attack on the Speaker of the House of Representatives, although in her absence it was her husband who found himself on the receiving end of those hammer blows. And finally, Simon, I mean, this is, as you say, we know, unfortunately, no stranger after the tragedies of Joe Cox and David Amos in mm-hmm. this country. We're no stranger to political violence these days, increasingly ourselves. But nonetheless, after the 
the insurrection on January the 6th and everything that we saw there in terms of political violence, election seasons in the United States increasingly coming to be characterised by this sort of threat. Uh, yeah, and, and and threats that have already started in the form of prominent Republican voices, including Fox News primetime personalities, uh, indicating that in the event that some of these Senate races that we're observing in 11 days' time, that will uh, you know, big races, right? They're going to decide mm. the future of the disposition of forces on Capitol Hill. This midterm election is going to determine whether Joe Biden becomes a lame duck for the last two of his first four years in office and frankly they're going to determine whether joe biden is capable of seeking a second term mm. in the white house uh, these races uh, many of them could be very very close and we're already hearing prominent republican voices saying get ready get ready once again to raise questions about the validity of the electoral system about the sanctity of your vote in the united states all of that uh, a preview of what could come in the weeks ahead and, of course, all of these conspiracy theories that are absolutely rooted in the false narrative mm. that there is something fundamentally wrong and untrustworthy about America's electoral system, as we saw on January the 6th of last year here in Washington, and as we may have witnessed in San Francisco a few hours ago, they have the capacity to spark some people to take very extreme, mm. often violent actions in a bid to try and make the case that the country uh, is uh, somehow being held hostage by uh, a democratic cabal that simply won't allow the Republicans ever to win elections. It it's that kind of polarization that leads so many observers here to worry that American democracy is still perched on the edge of that abyss that we also very uh, vividly uh, saw demonstrated in January a year ago. It's deeply disturbing, and I don't think many of us would have ever thought we'd see the day where American elections, American elections could be seen, would be seen each time they come to be a potential inflection point, a point of violence. Very, very quickly, Simon, what's your bet on the midterms? Well, I think if you look at the late, I mean, the, the latest polling clearly suggests that things are not going well uh, for Democratic candidates. Mm. Um, and that's partly because some Democratic candidates have had some bad stumbles uh, in the last week or so. But it's also partly because the country is coalescing around the economy as the single biggest issue. And much as Joe Biden insists the economy is strong as hell, the average American over the dinner table just doesn't feel that. Doesn't necessarily mean that the Republicans are going to take control of the Senate, but it certainly looks like they'll take control of the House of Representatives. And I think even the most optimistic of Democrats is very worried about where some of those uh, Senate races are heading in the remaining 11 days. Not least because the uh, Democratic majority in the House is so slender already. Simon, Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent, joining us from Washington, D.C. there. Thanks so much. And of course, as Simon was alluding to, to if uh, Joe Biden does lose, even just the House, pretty much in terms of his domestic agenda as president, it's pretty much game over, because that's the way American elections work these days. You lose the House or you lose the Senate, you don't control both chambers with a decent majority, that's pretty much it, because there is just gridlock in Washington, D.C., but very disturbing news from California today. Back to your calls on Rishi Sunak's first couple of days as PM, what you made of his performance so far in just a moment, but for now, this is LBC, I'm Lewis Cruel, and the time is 8.49.